0: Hey everyone, this episode of Who Gave Us a Mic is brought to you by our friends and sponsor from sunny Florida, Reef & Reel Performance Fishing. Follow them on their exciting Instagram at Reef & and check out their website, reefandreel.com. That's R-E-E-F-A-N-D-R-E-E-L.com. Your one-stop shop for top-of-the-line performance fishing apparel and accessories. They offer UPF 50 performance shirts, hats, face gaiters, sunglasses, coolers and drinkware, rods, reels, knives, and other fishing tackle, grills, top of the line customer service, and also fast shipping. As they say, for days and nights on the sea and sand, Reef and Reel is more than a brand. It's a lifestyle. Again, this is brought to you by Reef and Reel. Check them out on IG at Reef and Reel. Hey, everybody, welcome to another episode of Who Gave Us a Mic. I am Adam Harris, along with the always intelligent, always whimsical, always the master of everything he touches, Mr. Kenneth Miller. <laughs> You're such a dick. Whimsical? Whimsical. I like whimsical. That's a new one. Yeah,
1: whatever. Then we also have uh, one of our buddies on, Billy.
2: How's everyone doing?
1: Hey, Bill. Well, why don't you kind of give a little background on um what who we're going to to today and who you are what you do and then uh well yeah i mean it's it's a lot different than your actual job so maybe we we'll go with, what's your current job and like what's your uh what's your side investment
2: yeah so uh so right now i'm a i'm currently a middle school teacher um obviously you know i think it, it's pretty apparent that you have to be in the teaching and education game for a while before you really uh feel like you're you're making a lucrative uh salary there um so probably about three to four years back i was like you know what i got to get into investments and i was kind of going back and forth um if people are familiar with like the acorn app uh where you know you kind of round up your purchases Mm -hmm. and and you can decide some of the alternative investments and stocks and things like that that you want to go into i started dabbling with a little bit of that and then i don't know what happened but somehow um you know, it took me back to my childhood, and I I remember um, being young and and buying a couple packs of cards. You know, whether it was Pokemon or baseball mm-hmm. or something like that, and opening up a big card at the shop, and you know, having the dealer say like, "Hey, I'll give you like ten dollars for that," and thinking like, "Wow, like I paid two dollars for the card." <laughs> Pokemon, I miss those days. Yeah. Um, so you know, somehow I got back into that, and I think that the idea that there was sports involved. Um, really got me thinking, and I wanted to see, like, you know, how is the the sport card game right now? Because I know back in the 90s, the junk wax era, where you could buy, like, you know, endless packs of cards. that were mass-produced, and, you know, eventually that that crashed. Like, none of those cards, like Jose Canseco and things like that, aren't worth, like, toilet paper now.
1: No way. What, uh, uh, <clears throat> did they do that for every sport or just baseball?
2: Pretty much, like, most of the 80, late 80s, 90s stuff, like, just it completely crashed. Like, it tanked. Um, because they were just mass produced because, uh, sport card companies never actually had to, uh, acknowledge how, what their print runs were. So like a Ken Griffey Jr. Rookie card could have like, they could print a million of them. No and way. if they're selling for a hundred dollars a piece, you know, the company is going to get people to continue buying their product, you know, um, but cause they never have to release how m- That's the, wild. The but product.
1: Jordan is like, they're still worth money, right. Yeah,
2: your high profile guys um, are still worth money. But this that kind of sets me into something that I learned probably about four years ago is that there's this new thing called grading. And this is where you get into your financial and, and, and investing like component is like anyone can have a, a Michael Jordan rookie card or a Mickey Mantle rookie card or something like that. But now there's a series of, of grades that are assigned to these cards um, and usually condition wise. So like you could own a, a Michael Jordan rookie card and a number and a, 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 that has a grade of one. that looks like you could have ran over it with your car um, and it's maybe worth a couple hundred dollars. Now, if you have that same card in a, in a perfect mint condition, like a, a 10, uh, you're talking about a 100 to 150 thousand
0: dollars. No, so way. that's what we're like, we're talking about on this like podcast before we get too deep into the whole details of this is an alternative way to invest money, and that's gonna be in trading cards now, which has just turned into a giant market an in entire industry. So with this, Billy, I mean he was the first person I physically knew that actually had or did this. So he's gonna go through kind of his process, probably like what you need to do to start up, where you can buy this stuff at, and like what you're really looking for when you start purchasing this. Cause you can't just go and buy a what, like 2004 LeBron James rookie card right off the bat. You're like, okay, we're just going to take this one. There you go. You right. have to probably like, you know, grow it slowly but surely. So we're going to run through all of that. So, with that yep. being said, I mean, Bill, like we talked about a little bit how you got into it and like what you were looking for. So, mm-hmm. Like, what was your, what was, like, the first thing you did? Like, what was your first buy? So, um.
1: Before, yeah. before that, do you what's the most expensive card, do you know? It says it doesn't pertain to anything, so I just want to know from my knowledge.
2: Like, the most expensive card that's sold.
1: Yeah, that you could get. Like, what is it? So How much did it sell for?
2: So, the Honus Wagner um, oh, yeah, T- T206 tobacco card is still barely, like, it's holding on by a fine thread. Um, it's still the most valuable card. What did that sell for? I believe it sold just
0: north of $3 million. I'm, I'm looking at it right now, and it said that it sold for $2.8 million. That's crazy. So you add fees into
2: that. You're looking at you pay 20% on top of that at an R Yeah, that, that's crazy.
0: And, and number two is a Babe Ruth 1914 card, which was only sold for a half a million dollars. So the Haunted Wagon one is six times more valuable than a Babe Ruth one, which is number two.
1: That's crazy. Anyway,
0: yeah, to answer the question. I was just
1: uh, yeah, no. I was just curious. My so, um,
2: you know how I I kind of like got into it uh, or got the ball rolling was, uh, you know, before I tell you what my like first big purchase was, um, was I actually took everything that I had from my childhood. It was actually kind of like a, a time capsule. I was just rooting <laughs> through things, and I found stuff, and I was like, you know what? I'll throw this on eBay. Throw this on eBay. Um, and and I think before I go in too deep to that, you know, eBay is is you know very much a, a great um, tool to use when what selling. What
1: are their percentages?
2: So here's the thing: like that, if you
1: sell, what do they charge you?
2: Yeah, here's kind of the the kicker. So they take ten percent of your sale, and then um, the company PayPal, which is kind of like the the leading market, yeah. and, and you have to have a PayPal account to be able to to sell on eBay. They're
1: like what two percent? They take three. Three
2: percent. So. And essentially, you're losing thirteen percent. But in the long run, when you really look at it, uh, eBay offers such a wide audience to sell to, and
1: it's like way more secure than just buying off some dude off Facebook. Oh yeah, you know? it's
2: way way more secure, and you're 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 reaching a larger audience. So, like, yeah, I could sell something to maybe someone o- online who might end up like screwing me over, um, and maybe cut my losses by like six percent, but. You get, like Ken yeah, said, you get you get that safety and you're reaching a larger audience. Like, you know, it's not like in the 90s and like early 2000s when we were growing up where like, you know, if you wanted to sell something, you had to go to a dealer and like that dealer was going to screw you over.
1: Can you do that on Amazon or no, because you want people to bid it up?
2: Yeah. So the, the auction format is usually the best roundabout way to go when selling, um, because when you throw it up for auction, like, yeah, you could get kind of a low ball offer, but more, more than not, you're actually going to make out on that. So back to, um, you know, first thing that I did, I took all my childhood cards, threw them up on eBay, and I think I made, you know, a couple hundred dollars. That's hilarious. Um,
1: Is there an app that, I guess, just prices them out for you? So if you're like you went to the cards did you download an app and you're like i'm just gonna sell this
2: yeah it's a good idea like or a, a good question because you have to um you have to really know how to use ebay like there's a way of actually looking for completed sales of an item as opposed to just seeing what people are asking yeah. for because i can ask a
1: million dollars for so that's how you're pricing it out what it's you'd like go on ebay find the card and then see what it's sold for yeah
2: so like i'll usually see like you know, I usually take the highest in the past 30 days and lowest in the past 30 days. And I'll, I'll either split it or if it's something that I really don't want to part with, I'll add 10% to it until mm-hmm. it sells. So, you know, slowly but surely started selling off some of my things. Um, and the, the first big purchase that, or the first purchase that I made, um, was in, and I, I think we brought this question up beforehand was a Babe Ruth autograph. Um, that i uh, had paid about two thousand dollars for so it took a long time to bankroll that now i was selling like dollar cards <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: i was selling cards that were worth like five dollars yeah uh, i love that though. ten dollars and it took me a long ass time to save up but i found a guy in um you know uh in texas who had just listed a babe ruth autograph i, bu- I snatched it up real quick
1: um yeah i love that though like not investing much capital and kind of working your way up so you don't have to risk that much money and you uh make it happen that's
2: the best thing is like with that with this investment you don't need to be you don't need to be someone that has a large uh cash flow like if you want to make like i'm big on roi like you know um You know, my return on investment like I want to I that's those percentages mean more to me than than, you know, the the value of the card. Like Mm -hmm. if I if I buy a two thousand dollar autograph and I sell it for twenty five hundred. Yeah, I've made five hundred dollars. That's sweet. But my percentage of profit there is only twenty five percent. If I buy a card that's fifty dollars and I sell it for one hundred. Now your return of uh, uh, profit there is fifty percent. So it's really how you look at it. You Mm -hmm. can buy small and flip big. Um, so that's kind of like, that's where it all started for me. I don't want to, you know, go into too much more detail on that, but like, you know, I, I bought that Babe Ruth autograph. I, that was my first big buy and sell. I bought it, sold it a couple weeks later for a little bit over $5,000. And, um, that gave me the bankroll to kind of so just you made
1: 3k on that card. Oh right? yeah.
0: Over 3k. That's awesome. Um,
2: that just okay. kind of got me going. So like,
0: No, that was going to say is like, so you got that one and you started off small and worked your way up. So you bought a Babe Ruth one. So for somebody just starting out, like, why did you buy the Babe Ruth one? Like what led you to believe that you'd be able to turn that into a profit? Like, because there are sites that you use that look like, hey, this card usually sells like the Babe Ruth autograph autograph sells for twenty five hundred. Traditionally, this guy only has it listed for fifteen hundred. I could probably swoop in there, steal this off this guy, and turn a quick profit pretty quickly.
2: Right, so this is what happened. Like, I'm I'm in a lot of like different groups.
0: Instagram is huge for cards, cards
2: and autographs. Um, Twitter, uh, no you know, way. I use a bunch Instagram? of social media outlets to find people that are that are selling things. Facebook Marketplace, um, and I, I'm not gonna lie, this autograph I bought is probably one of the nicest certified graded. Autographs. Like, How'd
1: you find it on IG? Did you? What, I, like, I actually I actually it?
2: found it on Marketplace. It oh, was shit. a guy in Texas. He was an ex principal. He had just retired, and him and his wife were trying to buy a boat, and he needed oh, he shit. needed quick cash. Now, unfortunately for him, he was looking up the value of this in like a very outdated like Beckett, <laughs> Beckett <laughs> book. If why. you remember Beckett from back in the day, how old was this dude? You know? <laughs> uh, probably in his sixties, maybe late fifties. And uh, so when I saw that autograph, I was like, okay. first of all, I got to get it verified. Um, And once it was verified, I was like, I asked him, what do you want for it? And he goes, 2000. I go, are you sure? And he goes, yes. So I PayPal him uh, goods and services so that I was covered. I was backed um, in case like he sent me a bag of like, you know, packing peanuts. (laughs) Um, So once that came in the mail, I have to be honest, I was like. I, Dude,
1: you were probably like i thought for sure,
2: i thought for sure i was gonna get screwed over but i knew i was also protected on my end too but i thought for sure i was gonna get screwed over and when i saw that i was like oh my god like these sell all day like in this condition for five five k like all day like yeah i think I, I put posted it it took about seven to eight days on ebay and it was it was bought up that's,
0: that's crazy. now how you said that you got it verified and or graded like is that a third-party entity that you reached out to yeah, that so, does that?
2: Yeah, there's two. There's three really 3rd third, part, third parties that are like well trusted. In well, the, you
0: couldn't the community. Did they do it, or did
1: you get it? Did you get it graded afterwards? Well,
2: it was already encapsulated yeah. in a um, like in a casing, and it was encapsulated and graded by a company called JSA, and it was uh, secondly verified by. Um, SGC, which is another grading company. So like SGC, PSA, JSA, Beckett, those are like the big players in the game of like authenticating stuff. And you don't ever want to buy anything that's autographed. Even cards, Michael Jordan rookie cards. If it's not graded and and, and you know um, authenticated,
0: you don't want to buy it.
1: Because <laughs> if it's fake, it's not worth if anything. It's fake, right?
0: If it's fake, you're screwed. And then even like now, have you ever come across something like maybe the card was real? And it was, like, a Michael Jordan rookie card, but then it was signed by Michael, but the autograph was fake, but the card was real. Like, is there anything that those still have value? Or is once they put, a, like, a magic marker to it, it's just the value yeah, is just gone.
2: So remember how I told you earlier that, like, when you get those grades, like, numerical grades, 1 through 10.
1: I imagine it drops it to 1 right It drops
2: away. it to actually lower than a 1. It becomes, it becomes an authentic Jordan card. But it it doesn't so like if i if a one is is worth maybe eight hundred dollars that authentic you have an authentic car but your buddy like tried to re- sign on it so it's probably only worth maybe three hundred dollars now remember a psa 10 a perfect 10 we're talking like you know north of a hundred thousand dollars that's crazy dude i'd um, be
1: so pissed
2: but you asked me that question like why did i go with babe ruth and my ultimate goal like I, I mean i'm a collector but like i really just wanted to build my capital like i wanted like that's my end game like it, it's my side hobby it's what i do i roll i flip cards you know and, and i've done actually really well and have kind of some future plans for what i want to do with this but um you know i went with babe ruth because if you talk to someone that despises baseball <laughs> or doesn't even watch baseball because yeah. i personally think that watching baseball is boring
1: oh it's so boring
2: but if you ask them to name one baseball player you know that they know of they're gonna they're gonna know who babe ruth
1: is it's very true
2: so i felt like that that reaches like a lot of people like yankee collectors history collectors uh people that just want like a piece of the game you know things like that
1: so then with the, <clears throat> that honest wagner card is it worth so much was it like the first baseball card ever made then because why if everybody knows babe ruth
2: so in, you interesting story more. so literally if you dive deeper into the sports card market industry you'll notice that the, a lot of it's all supply and demand so like there's a shit ton of michael jordan rookie cards out there but everyone wants a piece of michael jordan like everyone so the supply you know equals that demand there With the Honus Wagner, Honus Wagner—that's the first picture, or or actually, that's the first series of tobacco cards that was produced um, in 1909. And Honus Wagner actually didn't want his face on a on a a, um, tobacco card because he didn't want kids. Even though, if you look. Like when he was a manager of, of like the pirates and, and some of these other organizations, like this guy always had a big fat lipper <laughs> That's probably
1: why I didn't want just kids to just on it.
2: <laughs> but he didn't want to <laughs> didn't,
1: we should be a pirates, uh what manager you said? Yeah, in
2: like the forties. God, why 50s, do we yeah. suck so bad? But um yeah, he uh so you figure in nineteen oh nine he didn't want kids um Supposedly, you know, using tobacco in, or buying tobacco in order to get his card, so they pulled it from the market. So there was really only about 20, dude, 20 cards in history.
1: I Obviously just saw UFC my fight. customer on a commercial. Did that, yeah, that was one of my customers. <laughs> we're watching the the uh, we're watching the UFC fight while this is on, and uh, Riviera is kicking the absolute shit out of this other dude. Oh my god, he just kicked him so hard in the face or needed him so hard <laughs> in the face. But uh, anyway, go on. I didn't mean to interrupt. That no, was
2: so scarcity. Scarcity is what drives that Wagner card Now, up.
0: I have a question. So say you're trying to buy a rookie card right now. Is there a website or a tracking system that will tell you how many of this card has been made? Like, let's say, for instance, um, like Joe Burrows, who just got drafted first overall by uh, Cincinnati. Is there a like they'll give you a production run of how many of his card will be out there. So, you know, that the market isn't flooded with his cards or like, is it just a guessing game? Well, no, companies will not tell you the production um,
2: of they don't have to uh, tell you how many of that card was produced. But the one thing that does give you a pop report is if you remember, I told you every card that's graded gets a numerical number. So that's where you get your pop report. So like everyone wants a perfect 10. You know, because tens are going to escalate in price drastically faster than a one or a two. So, um, like Burroughs, like you're going to want his rookie card in a in a PSA in a graded ten version. Um, and you know, once they're graded, who knows? Like the Pop Report might come out and say, like, you know, after the first couple months, there's only 30 tens of that Joe Burroughs like
0: uh, rookie card. So
2: that's what could drive. Drive
0: it yeah, on. I was just curious about that. Now, let's say somebody's just getting in there and like they're trying to look for. You talked about return on investment, which you know anybody who's invest that's what they all everybody wants. Especially mm-hmm. too, if you're doing things that are low risk, you want a high return on your investment. You're not mm-hmm. investing five dollars hoping that it accrues two percent interest over the <laughs> next you know twenty years because that's worthless. You want something right. that's going to have a three hundred percent return on your investment. So, do you think that like? Like, would you say rookie cards right now are probably like a lot of the highest return possible on or low risk, high reward? Because you can go out there and buy a like, for instance, Joe Burrow's again card for let's say twenty dollars right now, because nobody knows if he's going to be actually any good. Then all of a sudden, in a year, he wins the MVP, and then it's worth it. Skyrockets.
2: That's good. That's a That's good thing. A good point, it's a yeah. good point to bring up because, um, so this is where this is where you really I'm, I'm not a big prospect person i invest in people who are dead or who are retired mm-hmm. um and their achievements are are finalized the only person i have a little bit of cash flow in two people are lebron james i have a, a couple of his rookie stuff and um and mike mike trout um but other than that like i don't i don't touch prospects and stuff like that for the exact reasons that you're you're saying and you know a lot of times until it's the summer, I really don't have time to focus in on like, okay, I got to sell when the hype is there. Um, there are people out there that literally make it a living just buying up these rookies. Like you just said, these prospects, they wait for the hype to build up to the peak. They cash in at the peak of the hype and then they, they bounce. Um, and then if they suck, if they suck, it it it, if they're not losing out. You know, the person who bought it may have overpaid, but um, it is what is it, what it is. So,
0: Yeah, I was just like your investments are more of like somebody who wants to get into the stock market and they're investing in Amazon and Microsoft and all those things, things that you know what their value is. And like a Babe Ruth thing, yes, it's always probably going to increase due to the fact that we're getting farther and farther away from his playing career. So that'll always just increase like, you know, what I mean, incrementally. But then you get people who are probably like, well, hey, I want to throw a 100 bucks on five cards and hope that these guys just turn into – Hall of Famers all of a sudden. And then I make a huge killing off of that. Oh, yeah. And you don't even have to wait for them to make it to Hall of Fame. If
2: these guys win championships or they win batting titles or scoring titles or, you know, MVPs or Rookie of the Year's, all that stuff affects the the, the market value. So, like, you buy that Burroughs rookie card. Um, and and the way a lot of my friends that are, that are big-time collectors and investors um, look at it is we look at, like, prospects and rookies. As like your high-risk investments. Mm-hmm. So you buy those, you know, on the intention that, like, hey, I either have to sell when the hype is, like, at the all-time peak, which is usually right before game one of the NFL season of that rookie person, or
0: I'm in it for the long haul, you know. Um, so You probably you, get guys, though, too, that it, it might even change, like, week to week. Like, say you have a guy like, for instance, Joe Burrows, and he goes down there, there's five touchdowns. In his first NFL game, that all of a sudden his just stock skyrockets through the roof, and somebody's like, "All right, after the first week, I'm bailing out because this is the highest it's going to be for God knows how long."
2: A hundred percent, and you can look at that even with old guys like um, that are already retired, like Jordan. When the Last Dance documentary um, aired, I have a Michael Jordan.
1: I you me. That. I have
2: a Michael Jordan rookie card that's a PSA seven. I paid fourteen hundred dollars after tax, um, probably about a year ago for it, uh, maybe a little over a year ago. And as soon as the Last Dance documentary aired, um, that card's now worth
0: $4,200. That's crazy. Um, But that's also something like how you, I mean, Jordan, yeah, Jordan's always going to be there. But then you get these like outside factor like, oh, hey, we're going to drop a documentary about Michael Jordan. And like all of a sudden, boom, you get this giant.
2: Yeah. And it's wild. It's been wild to see this stuff. Like all these like old school basketball players, their card prizes are just like blowing up because people can't don't have anything else to do they're all in quarantine watching these these documentaries Dude. and wanting to like have a part of it you know there's nothing no other sports to watch
0: yeah and if you watch this on like espn espn 2 or any of these sporting things they keep showing reruns like championship games or whoever it is you know, that aren't oh, even, thank even jordan for
1: god for the ufc huh <laughs> i know <laughs> actually <laughs> no my,
0: thank I god for dana white so board today that I was just sitting on my couch watching, and they had the um, National Cornhole Championship, and it was live. And all the guys were wearing face masks, and I was like, I might watch this for a little bit because, you know, live sports is live sports regardless Dude, it's of it like, like a week
1: ago, my brother set up a Madden tournament with nothing but computers and just like let it play out like he was watching football. That's crazy. <laughs> that would be something your brother would do.
0: <laughs> I saw someone doing that for March Madness, too.
1: That's so insane.
0: So, Bill, let's say I'm just getting into the card game. Now, you're talking about all this stuff like that, these ratings. What essential equipment do you need right off the bat to, like, really get this kick-started? Like, I can't imagine that you're going to put your cards in your sock drawer and then just wait for it and all this other stuff.
2: Right. So, um, you really want to try to be well-versed with eBay, and it's just like anything else. I mean... I cannot tell you how close it is to stocks. I watch this stuff. I go on my phone and I look at recent sales of things like every day, probably every other hour just to see how it (laughs) fluctuates. Um, so you're going to want to become like affluent in like eBay. Uh, now can you sell in other formats like Instagram and and Twitter and and things like that? Like, yes, I do a lot of that with trusted people in the game that I, I know. Um, but, uh, you know, eBay. You definitely you're gonna make mistakes too. Like, I can't tell you when I was starting out. When I made that big Babe Ruth sale, I was like, I got this, I got this. I started <laughs> buying up like Mickey Mantles and things like that, and then I went to go flip them, and I was like, oh shit, like. the the, the sales tax and like all this other stuff is just eating away my profit. Like I started buying five hundred dollar cards only making like twenty dollars on them. And it's like, well that's not what we want to do. so I would say like the 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 essential things that you're gonna want to do is like you you wanna if you're if you're pulling out childhood cards that are that are worth or, or valued, you're gonna wanna, you know, sleeve them, put protection on them. Um, and look at sending them into a grading company if if you feel like they you really want to sell and make the most of your money. If they're not graded, you're not going to get the most value
1: selling it raw. Do you sell even <clears throat> what dollar amount do you start sending grading? So like you're not going to do that for every card. No, I mean I think um, I think
2: like like Harris brought up is I I would probably if you're in the prospect game and you want to get a little bit into like th- these rookies like there's a lot of like. Popular rookies in baseball right now, obviously, a lot of football going on. Um, you know, pick out those big key players, get those cards graded. Those cards may only be worth right now $5, 10 $15. But like you said, if Burroughs ha- goes out and goes on like a three game win streak with like three touchdowns per game, that card is probably going to turn into a $75 card pretty quickly.
0: Yeah, so like I would say they just get a 500% return on your investment for that one card. Now,
1: how much do is it to get it graded?
0: Um, yeah, so, That's my next question.
1: Yeah, so uh, if you do
2: it by yourself, like, you know, like I right now, I only kind of deal with like more higher end things. So like to do it by yourself, it's probably like 15 to 30 dollars um, for one card. So I the cards I send in, I know are, are pretty valuable um, when you go through like like there's a bunch of guys on Instagram, um, you know, like your local card shops or things like that. Uh, they'll send in th- them for you, and they'll charge you like six dollars, eight dollars. Oh, How long does it take
1: to uh, grade them? <laughs>
2: yeah, that, that's the tough part um, when you're dealing in the prospect game. Uh, Ken said, "How long does it take to grade them?" Is that can fluctuate because the biggest company that's like well known in the game, PSA, can take anywhere from like thirty days to like hundred and eighty days. <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> so,
1: but then you can
0: miss all yeah, the hype. Yeah, exactly,
2: and people do miss the hype a lot. You know, um, so So you're
0: saying, like, if you're doing the NFL, it's going to, you want to make sure if, let's say, like you said, guy gets drafted by his team, as soon as that card's out, try to buy it immediately. And then in the offseason, try to go get it graded. So by the time the season starts, you have that thing graded in
1: 15, $30 a clip. I mean, you kind of got to think that you really got to be confident that dude's going to be a freak. You just pissed away $30.
2: Or what you can do is you go on eBay. And you, this is my big, my big thing. Anyone that wants to get into cards and stuff, like, you know, you can buy a box of cards and try to hope that the you get a level. player. Yeah, um, buy the card already graded. Yeah. Buy the card already graded, and if you can't afford, passion fruit manga, whichever one you don't want, I'll drink i can't either believe either. you guys
0: are drinking Truly's right now. <laughs> <I'm> so <laughs> disappointed. But so, you disappointed. buy.
2: Don't break the bank. Like my wife, like, I will tell you this: she would beat my ass if. I was ever spending like, you know, exorbitant amounts of our like personal income, like the money I make off of cards is the money I'm funneling back in. So you really don't need I told you just what I I started off very small, you know, um, I got lucky on a lot of things like I'm not going to lie, but buy your stuff already graded. So you don't even have to send it in. Like I think in my four years getting back into the game since I was like a 10 a year old, um, I think I've sent in two cards. That's it.
0: Um, yes you just buy now can you buy cheap let's say low cost cards that are already graded like 20 bucks a piece and already be graded and stuff like that absolutely
2: and so like if you want to go the burrows route and you're like man like this guy hasn't even played a set of downs and his 10 his psa 10 rookie card is selling for a hundred dollars i can't afford that get a psa 9 for 30 dollars because believe it or not like it's you know the trickle effect when
0: the 10 goes up the nine's coming with it yeah Yeah,
1: yeah it makes sense
0: all right, well, like trying to wrap this up. What uh, do you have? Any other insight you want to give to say, like somebody else coming into the card game? Maybe some like you know insight. Maybe a you know helpful card that you're looking at right now that they can go out and buy.
2: Yeah. So I'd say I'm I'm telling you right now. There's there's probably two. If we're talking baseball, there's probably a, a baseball rookie, Ronald Acuna Jr. and Juan Soto um, from the Nationals. Uh, those two rookie cards. You know if you can land your hands on like a ten of those, like the, it's a wise investment. I, I would say if you can if you can pick up a couple of those and just sit sit on them. I mean you don't have to sit on them long either. I, I can't tell you how many of these cards, and that's the toughest part with me, is I have saved searches of things that I've sold already. And obviously when I sell cards, like I've I've sold Juan Soto's and and Ronald Acuna Jr. rookie cards. And I've made like 50 dollars profit off of them, and I'm thinking like, all right, that was sweet. I literally bought it the next day, I sold it, made seventy. I've watched those cards go up to like, <laughs> like oh, yeah. a thousand dollars now. Like, it's a tough pill to swallow, but you also just have to think like, okay, like I've been on the other eye- end of that stick where I bought a LeBron James rookie card from a guy, um, uh, the tops Chrome two thousand three for like three hundred dollars probably in august this past right right before my daughter was born i bought it um for about three hundred and eighty dollars i paid it paid for it that that card right now is twenty five hundred all day like i could i could post it right now it would be gone within the hour so i've been on the receiving I'd imagine end that's
1: only gonna go up yeah
2: i've been on the receiving end of both of those you why know why did
1: you tell it so cheap what are that's
2: they? that's what they were going for the hype just no wasn't shit. the hype just wasn't there um how oh, it's a little brawn I think, I think the last dance, this documentary is really like, you know, pumped a lot of things. Um, and it's definitely, part-
0: yeah, the LeBron versus MJ controversy has never yes. been for like, you know, the competition of who's the best all time has never been more at the forefront. So, I mean, as much as MJ is getting the spotlight, that is a good question. When do you sell? Um, I feel like LeBron though. Cause I mean, look at Michael, Yeah, you're gonna, you're gonna, if he's the second best ever played LeBron, who says that they're not going to have a documentary about him, in 20 years where you sit on that and then all of a sudden it's worth you know what i mean fifteen thousand dollars and you're like oh shit I spent right three eighty, all
2: right and i'm i'm the person like i'm a collector but like i'm like i i profit like like more so and i just i just roll that into my next investment i'm per like currently i'm very close to i'd say i probably if i was to liquidate my collection, like my collection's only about twelve cards. People don't believe that, <laughs> but I don't. I don't have boxes and boxes of like BS cards. Um, I have about twelve cards. But if I was to liquidate tomorrow, I'd say
0: I'd probably be close to twenty-eight to thirty k. Wow. Um, yeah. Any idea, There's, like I mean, how much dollar amount you've probably spent on this? Yeah. I mean, so, obviously it's not all thirty thousand dollars in
2: profit. No, no, it's definitely not all return on investment. But I, I will say the stuff that I've bought, I haven't done terribly on. But I will admit this, like. The card that I spent the most on the, like that I really wanted was a 1952 Mickey Mantle. It's like the flagship of the hobby. If you look up that picture, you're like, oh, I've seen that before. Um, I wanted one of those more than anything. And so I, I sold everything that I had like two years ago in order to buy one of those. Um, I think I paid about nine, a little over 9000 for it. Now it's really only appreciated. I just got an offer last night for um, $11,100 from a guy wow. in Bell Vernon. And then there's a guy that lives out in Wheeling that just offered like eleven two fifty, um, and
1: I imagine it'll just go up.
2: Yeah, I haven't even posted it. So like, I literally made one comment on a Facebook site that like, oh yeah, I'm looking to sell mine soon too, and posted a picture of it. I was underneath someone else's post. I was. No I didn't even shit. post it myself, and that happened. And so I'm not quite ready to settle. Um, because mine's only a PSA one, a 1.5 sold last night for seventeen thousand five hundred dollars.
1: Damn.
2: Uh, so that was a 1.5, a half grade better than mine. What's and wrong it's, with the car? It sold for seventeen five. It's just it's beat up, has a few crinkles, it rounded corners, like things like that. But it's it's a it's a very nice shape otherwise. But, um, so. The the funny thing we talked about the ROI like that card I bu- I paid a lot of money for like I paid yeah. over nine thousand for it and I'm only really selling it for probably a little over eleven thousand so yeah you can say like you're still making two thousand dollars probably but back to that ROI I mean you're tying
1: up a lot of capital. I mean
2: I'm tying up a lot of stuff so my my kind of end game for a lot of the stuff I just sold a Ty Cobb rookie card um, uh, a tobacco card from nineteen oh nine it's in that same set as the Honus Wagner i just sold one of those i had paid about 1900 for it i only sold it for oh my like,
1: god this guy just got knocked down 30 seconds <laughs>
2: um go on i sold it for 25.75 so not much profit but i'm at the point where i'm ready to like i want to sell off everything get the cash and then look for my next big investment to just sit on are
1: you gonna invest all the cash in it? You think? well
2: here's the thing too like you know i think there's a lot of people that have kind of influenced me too and I'm trying to, like I said, like I I've, I've made a lot of growth in the past like year. I, I was at about seventeen thousand, and I'd say in probably like nine months, I'm closer to thirty now. Um, I I love the card game. Don't get me wrong, but like it would be sweet if I could get this to the point where like I could look at property or like throw something, yeah. throw that towards like I don't know, like a something that like I was even talking to Laura today about it, something that would generate money, you know. Um, I don't know what that would be. I mean, I know I need more money than $30,000, but um, if I have to do this like for another couple of years before I do that, that would probably be my end game.
0: Good. So no, I think with that, um, we appreciate all the insight, Bill. I think we're going to try to wrap this up now. That's great. And definitely it's something that people that they don't want to just, they get bored by the stock market and maybe they really have an interest in sports and it gives them something where... They have an interest in this hobby, along with the fact they can make money off it. And, you know, it's a great avenue for them to be profitable. Yep. So, with that, we greatly appreciate you uh, being on, Bill. Ken, oh, you thanks for having health? me. No, always, buddy.
1: No, I think it just goes to show you. There's a lot. There's a ton of different hustles out there. So, I mean, if you want to make extra cash, there's there's plenty of ways you can do it. This is just one of them. What we do is just one of them. Um, so, I, I think it'll be nice to kind of have guests on every. Once in a while, and let let us in on how they're uh, making money
0: outside their nine to five. Yeah, and this is a great thing, too, that, you know, like Billy's saying, he's finding something, investing something that he actually knows about. I mean, Bill, you're a giant sports guy. So right. you're, you're investing in something that you know about, opposed to going, hey, I've never watched sports a day in my life, and I'm going to try and make money off of sports cards. Right. I would, I'm a big advocate of, you know, use your talent and what you're really good at and Research apply that to stuff. something. Yeah. yeah if you're gonna put your money in
2: just like stocks. Like I'm sure you guys like look into the companies and things like that before you're gonna yeah, be like
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: So all right, with that, um this is another episode of Who Gave Us a Mike? Thanks for coming on, Bill. We good, Ken? I'm good. Sign us out.